This podcast is called Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest get some secrets off their chest. You should listen. It's the best. Thank you. Thank you very much for coming to Obsessed, the Jane Austen special. By applause, how many people here tonight are fans of Jane Austen? All right. And by applause, how many of you love the 1995 BBC adaptation of Pride and Prejudice? All right. And by applause, how many of you have read all of Jane Austen's novels? Some of you are fucking lying, I think. Really? Wow. So it is a good, hardcore audience. I uh, myself am a terrible Jane Austen fan because I do consider myself a Jane Austen fan. I've written many uh, parodies, sketches, jokes. There's a bit in my book about Jane Austen, but I have never read any of her novels. It is mostly based on the 1995 BBC adaptation of Pride and Prejudice. Uh, and today, just to kind of get my head in, into it, I, I went on YouTube and I watched the scene uh, where Mr. Darcy dives into the pond. Uh, it is, when you, when you go to YouTube and you put Mr. Darcy P, you don't have to type any more than that and it pops up. And it's got over 3 million views. And I am only responsible for about 10 or 15 of those. Uh, in, but I think, I think there's a reason that that's an iconic scene because it is a good scene. It has everything. It has drama and it has humor and it, it moves the narrative forward and it has a wet, wet Colin Firth. <laughs> but this is not the uh, Colin Firth episode, so we will move on to our Jane Austen episode. It might become the Colin Firth episode. Uh, and I have several lovely guests here with me, some Jane Austen experts, including Sam Landman. <laughs> Thank you. Craig Johnson. Hello. And Shannon Custer. Hi. So we're going to start just by getting to know the guests a little bit. Uh, if anybody has been listening to Obsessed, they know Sam Landman well. He was on the Star Wars episode, and he recently, just a couple episodes ago really, won the Sidekick Challenge, where I had different comedians competing. So I brought him back to be kind of uh, the sidekick for the Jane Austen episode. Yeah, I'm really excited to be and back. How much do you know about Jane Austen, Sam? Um, n nothing. <laughs> uh, actually, I know, I, I did a... a actually did a little research, so I have a little, a little bit of a cheat sheet here. Um, you have, he has a large wad of papers. But it's Steve Austin, so I'm just going to throw that there. It's no good. You have highlighted notes. They're all highlighted. The $6 million You know man. what? Screw it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reference this just in case. But just when did you discover that it was Steve Austin? About a day ago. But um, there's a lot of good stuff about Steve Austin, too. So I think there's some sort of connection there. Okay, well, if we get bored of Jane, we'll jump right over. Got a lot of resource yeah. yeah. material. Keep the factoids right there. Yes. And Craig, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I read all of Jane Austen's novels but uh, about 30 years ago when I was working at um, Historic Fort Snelling, a national historic landmark right here in Minneapolis. <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I was working as the, um, the hospital steward, which is on the far side of the, the fort. So as people came through, they sort of worked their way around. So they didn't get to me on, you know, until like 11.30 in the morning. So I had like all this time. So I read lots and lots of stuff, including all of Jane Austen's novels. Well, so you, did you have to put them down quickly? You were dressed in, like, soldier garb at the I time? Was, I was dressed in soldier garb. And it was the 1820s, too, so it was practically Jane Austen time period, too. So it was awesome. Yeah. Cool. And uh, for... 
It's true. I read all of Thomas Hardy, too. Oh, my God. <laughs> did you switch it up, or did you, did you go every other, or did you? No, I, I'm obsessive. So I read all of Jane Austen, just one after another. Now I can't remember a thing about them. We'll see how this goes. <laughs> did anybody ever catch you? Did you get like to no. a captivating chapter and you couldn't put it down? No, no, no. Uh, oh, oh yeah. visitors, you mean? Yeah. Or my boss or anything? Visitors. <laughs> uh, yeah, the visitors would come through. No, and I would just, yeah, I would you just like tuck it away. You could hear them coming from a little ways okay. away too. And then I'd have to stand up, you know, and talk to them about Ipecac, you know, and enemas and. <laughs> and a great Jane limbs, Austen yeah. novel, <laughs> Ipecac and enemas. <laughs> Uh, so Craig and I have done many shows together. Craig is an actor and a writer and director and an all-around very talented, uh, funny, intelligent man. I'll probably cut that part out of the podcast. Okay. I think so. <laughs> All right, so uh, Shannon, tell us a little bit about uh, who you are and your relation to Jane Austen. Well, I, I read Jane Austen when I was 14 years old. I moved from Southern California to Minnesota. And I had no friends. And so I would ride my bike. This is so sad, but it's really true. And by the way, I'm super warm, and I took my allergy medicine, so I might pass out. Um, so bottom line, all of you are unreliable. Everything is going really well. Excellent. Keep no, going. No, no, but seriously. And I would, I would ride my bike to the uh, library, and it was a really small town compared to where we lived. And then on the way back, I'd hit Ben Franklin and buy some... <laughs> 45s, because <laughs> I'm old. And then I go home, and I, I read Jane Austen that entire summer. Okay, so what 45s were you buying to, to listen to while you read Jane Austen? Oh, I, was, I didn't combine those two activities. I had to fill the days. <laughs> so I'm still curious, though, what 45s did you buy? What did I buy? Yeah. Oh, it was whatever was available. So I got um, Joan Jett and the Go-Go's and 404. <laughs> What? <laughs> but that was cool. <laughs> Excellent. Hey, give me that Steve Austin paper. Yeah. I need a fan. I have a question. Do you, um, four and a four kidding. was a 45? You bought the whole album on a 45? No, no, no. See, now, I, bought the, I bought the, the single. Jukebox Hero. Yeah. Okay, let's uh, go back to Jane Austen. Just, uh -huh. just for yeah. a second. Holy just for a second. Hell. We can get back to... Keep it on the rails. One Hit Wonders of 1984. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'd like to go down the line and ask each of you, um, what do you think Jane Austen's ongoing appeal is? Why do people still love her and or her novels? Sam? <laughs> this is cruel and unusual punishment. I know. What um, a dick to make you talk about Jane Austen. No, I actually did a little research. My wife... Uh, <laughs> is, spoke uh, to her. Yes, yeah, I spoke to her. I did a little research, and her big thing was uh, there's just the characterization is so strong. That's like the, that's the big thing that grounds it, and the female characters are very strong um, in a time where that might not be accepted or not exactly be the subject of uh, literature. So you're taking more of a Virginia Woolf approach to this. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Again, my wife could be wrong and is a lot, but you can cut that part out. Oh, no, um, I think I think I'll mix that in and just put it on yeah. repeat at the end. Oh no! But yeah, I think that's that's the big thing I, I've taken away from it. Just very strong, not only characters but also, also female characters. Cool, Craig. What what are your thoughts on on her enduring appeal? I love Jane Austen because I think she really. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I love Jane Austen because I think she totally rides the line of, of doing these great sort of social satires, this kind of comedy about the society that she's living in, 
but she also does the deeply romantic kind of yearning stuff. The, all of the Colin Firth in the, in the wet puppy shirt and stuff like that too. And it's, it's her ability to toggle back and forth doing both of those things at the same time. I think it makes her kind of a perfect novelist. Awesome. Because her world is so united and just so perfectly created. I, I just can't get enough of it. Now, Craig uh, writes a lot of adaptations mm -hmm. uh, for the stage. Have, you've adapted some of Jane Austen's works, right? Um, yeah, actually, um, at the James J. Hill House where I work, we, we did an adaptation of Lady Susan. Um, like, I know, I know, Lady Susan, <laughs> an early epistolary novella by Jane Austen that not a lot of people know. Um, so we did it kind of as a little melodrama for in the summertime. Then also at the Minnesota Fringe Festival, uh, a small theater group that, we, uh, that I was part of at the time uh, did the history, uh, Jane Austen's History of England, which she wrote when she was like oh, 15 yeah. or 16 years old too. So I have this, you know, unnatural obsession with her juvenilia. Awesome. The woman in the front row is going to pass out, like yeah. from all the... <laughs> From the heated, the, the heated nodding. Yeah. The juvenilia is awesome. It is so wonderful because it's just like this scary. teenage girl who's writing all of these, uh, you know, really rip-offs of romance novels and stuff like that. Too. So she'll have a tragic character or something like that, and she'll say, "Well, they knew they were tragic characters, so they decided they just jumped off the cliff." Then, you know, <laughs> I mean, she, you know, it's totally Dadaist, kind of absurdist kind of stuff. She's like so off the wall. It's hilarious. Awesome. Uh, so Shannon, what what is your thought? Uh, what are your thoughts well, on? She was funny, and she wrote her world. She wrote about what she knew, and I think that a lot of people, you know, people who write or even create, that's pretty inspirational because her world was pretty small when you think about it. And so she wrote what she knew, and she did it in this way that was really funny. She both celebrate and mock, like Craig is saying. Yes. Yep. He awesome. said it better, and he used words like juvenilia. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, he's going to use them again before this podcast yeah, is over. Yeah. Trust Throughout me. the Dada. Wow. I know. I know. All this Craig, literary theory. How and I like Craig, it have that you you're going to the, Jane, uh, to the Virginia Woolf kind of theory about uh, I know, Jane I, I Austen. Do, I do like the yeah, Virginia Woolf. A room Wolf. of one's own. Man. Yes. And just, so just for my own edification, you, have you had only one beer tonight, Craig? Is this that, is my second beer. Okay. I'm just amazed at the words you're saying <laughs> when you're on your second beer. That's incredibly impressive. I know. I've had one allergy pill. <laughs> Good, I'm, let's keep going excellent uh, so Sam mm -hmm. Sam what do you think the deal is with Mr. Darcy why, why does, do many Jane Austen conversations immediately go to Mr. Darcy what does your wife think about that <laughs> well my wife you, she should have really been on this podcast um, no I think my wife uh, her thing about Mr. Darcy is <laughs> he's He's that guy, you know, he always, like, is always pulling, like, guns on people, and uh, he's always, like, shanking a guy in the shower. Um, he's really, <laughs> he's really, okay, let me, let me. He dived into the lake to kill some mer people, that's yes. true. Yes, I have a confession, I actually did, I didn't watch the, the, the BBC version, I did watch uh, a version of Pride and Prejudice that I don't know if it was authorized or whatever. So a lot of the information... <laughs> it was also triple X, so... I was just going to say, did someone deliver a pizza? Yeah, maybe? it was yeah. like yeah, Pride and Prejudice Dad Ass, or what, I don't know what it was uh, called. But yes, that one. There were things juvenilia. involved... Juvenilia. I don't think it was Juvenilia. Um, callback. And I don't know if it was, if it was really based on that, but he, he was uh, studly, and he, he, had a, he smelled really nice. 
Uh, in the film? Which is written... No, the book. I'm going back to the wife thing. Um, the film, it wasn't like smell Okay, so no, I want to know if this is bullshit. You asked your wife her opinion of Mr. Darcy, and she said, in the book, he smelled real nice. No, this... In all honesty, it's because he... Um, <laughs> packs heat. And the women know what I'm talking about. <laughs> okay, let me ask you something that maybe, maybe you can answer. What a novice would answer. Uh, well, who... well, it's, this is for you. I w- I w- when I was researching and thinking about things uh, today to, to prepare for the podcast, I was thinking there's something that's very Han Solo-like about Mr. Darcy. And yes. I thought, maybe I'm full of shit. What do you think? No, I think that's, that's very true. He's sort of, he's very, a, a little quiet, a little reserved. Mm-hmm. But again, like, he's the guy who could totally, the woman in the front row is going to just jump up and throw something at me. <laughs> But I really think that that's, he's kind of the, he's the smooth guy that er, every woman totally wants to lay. This is just upsetting, Craig. So, Craig, give, give voice ahead. to your anger. Craig, go ahead. Mr. Darcy is not at all like Han Solo. I mean, like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. I appreciate that you chose to pronounce Han like your Lando Calrissian. I know. Of Han. I know. I really. Jesus. As the, as a, you know, it's fine. That's, that's legitimate yeah. interpretation if you're Lando Calrissian. No, no, no. Right. Mr. Dar- Mr. Darcy is a gentleman. Um, he's a very smart person. He's an extremely handsome person. He's very reserved, though. Um, right. And I think it's that that gives it the sexual tension. I remember um, uh, w- when I was at the U when we were reading it in English class that there was... Um, the professor said, um, she was telling the story about uh, this woman who was reading Pride and Prejudice to her daughter, who was like a tween or something like that. And, um, and her daughter said, okay, after chapter one, it's just like, oh, you have to tell me, do Elizabeth and Darcy, do they end up together? Do they end up together? And, and she said, like, well, I can't tell you that. You know, that's why we're reading the book. No, mom, I want to read the whole book, but you have to tell me right now. And that's how... That's how far the stakes are raised. The tension is just like unbearable because he's just like such a glamorous and enigmatic kind of figure. He just withholds so much. Good God. And I, I do love that because it is true. Everything Craig said is true, but let's not forget the, you know, 10,000 a year or whatever. I mean, the thing about Darcy, <laughs> the thing about Darcy and how he's not like, Han Solo is that <laughs> he he has Pemberley, right? And and he has he's he's loaded, I, you know. And so he was he was a way out. I mean, I'm not saying he wasn't right, but he could be kind of a dick. Right. Oh yeah. Right? So that that could have been the subtitle so of the book. Up, it made up. He was the full package. Insert joke here, but he really was. He was, you know. And so I don't know. I always think that we always forget about Pemberley because she even sees Pemberley on that one trip, and she's like, "Dang, damn, Pemberley. <laughs> Maybe he's not that Look bad." Look at this house, you know. I mean, and the pond. And the pond. <laughs> it's true, and that is very different from Leia's reaction to the Millennium Falcon. It's the exact. <laughs> Her reaction is the exact opposite. She's not impressed by his possessions. So, so it's totally different. It is totally different, but they both smell nice in the books. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so Craig, let, let's talk more about the, the juvenilia. Why, why do you like the juvenilia so much? Why are well, you drawn I- to that? I, I just really like it because I, th- I just think it's so exciting, you know, uh, to have like this teenage girl who was just like writing stuff that was just like so vivid and so kind of spunky and super, super funny. So it's just cool. She has a, um, an, another piece that we did in the, the Fringe Festival when we, uh, when we did that piece. It was her um, History of England, 
which is a, a hilarious piece where she just write. I think she describes herself. It's a history of the British royalty, you know, um, you know, from time immemorial. I think up up through maybe like George the Second or something like that. Yeah. Uh, so she's like talking about, it, and her sister Cassandra does these little sort of uh, watercolor portraits in between too <laughs> that are just hilarious. But she describes herself. I think I can remember as a a, a partial prejudiced. And, no. Yeah, and, and uh, yeah, uninformed historian, which is what all historians are, you right? Because we never know everything. So the cool know? thing about what what I'm hearing you say is that yeah. it, you are a fan of the work, but you're also a fan of the the person and where they were in their life to make this and have these attitudes. Exactly. So exactly like uh, like Shannon was talking too. It's just like so wonderful to think about. This, this woman who had so much potential at such an early age and how she was able to sort of create these worlds so completely as she did. I thought it was amazing. Cool. Uh, so, Shannon, how do you feel about the, all the mashups that are going on now uh, with the Pride and Prejudice and Zombies? The and Zombies and stuff. Sense and Sensibility and Sea Monsters. Oh, so you got I the got zombie the book. I got the Pride and Prejudice. Is that the zombie one? That's yeah. the zombie one. I got that one as a stocking gift. And I read like the first 10 pages, and I'm like, so every time the word carriage is here, they just put the word zombie. <laughs> like, I mean, you know what I, mean? Was, I mean, that's not really how it worked, but I, I think they did a find replace. <laughs> you know? <laughs> they just, so I wasn't, <laughs> I so wasn't you, that impressed, so I stopped reading it. So you didn't like the actual thing, uh, so you didn't enjoy it yourself as no. a product. But how do you feel about them as a fan of Jane Austen? Like you, like you have appreciation for this person. Do you feel like... It's shitting on her. <laughs> um, I, you know, I want. Yeah, that's a really good question because I wonder how she would feel about it. I, I think she would find it hysterical. Actually, I don't know. I, I don't think it's, you know, that they're doing anything bad or wrong or that they're ruining the books or anything like that. I think the books are still there. The books are there. I think it shows how huge she is. Yeah. Which is kind of cool as a, a female novelist, you know. I read a, a great article about. So they put out Pride and Prejudice and Zombies because, like, somebody made the joke and then, like, a, a publisher's like, yes, let's do this. <laughs> and then it sold like crazy, uh, yeah. you know, because this is at kind of the height of the zombie mania. And then they put out Sense and Sensibility and Sea Monsters, and that didn't sell as well. And there's this article I was reading where it's like, really, like, professional editors kind of having a conversation about, like, well, what went wrong, man? <laughs> Like people ate up the zombies. The sea monsters—they were a little harder to work into the narrative. <laughs> like, yeah. No shit. And they were really seriously talking about. Uh, no like, one's doing anything on Mansfield Park. I can. Yeah. No. no. Mummies in Mansfield Park. Mummy. No, it would be. Oh God, there's. Well, what would it be? It would be monsters, monsters or it would be demons. It would be. I don't know. You know, I think it comes down to having a conversation about zombies and sea monsters. <laughs> like most zombies do. Are, I think they have more flexibility. Well, I guess my, my question is, do we, do we know for sure that if people who bought the Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, uh, did that have the same effect on, uh, like when Romeo and Juliet came out with the, you know, the movie, right. and it got a bigger interest in like, oh, Shakespeare, or kids wanting... Oh, do, do you think, do we think, think so. that that, did, do we have any evidence that like, that was a gateway to like the more obscure <laughs> a gateway book. A gateway book. <laughs> well, yeah, to more serious literature. I want to. I think something. that some people were introduced to know. Jane Austen via that that, that they heard about this really? and like, yeah. But what they turned around and go, "This is bullshit." Where the you know, 
the wolfmen and stuff. Where, yeah, where are the, you know, where the, are the, where's the kraken? Like I'm waiting for a kraken <laughs> to pop up. Like, would they be totally disappointed in the? The run of the what would appear to be run of the mill compared to the stuff that's more supernatural. The like, Krakens and the Juvenalia. Yes, I just wanted to say that. Sentence. I'm just curious. Like, what did that sell more? Jane Austen books, plain Jane Austen. That is books? a really good question. Actually, I assumed, probably incorrectly, that they were gifts you gave people who love Jane Austen. Like, well, I, no, funny? I think it, I think it was huge in the in the the geek community, which sure. is a community that buys shit. That's I mean, uh, the the geek mentality is to be collectible. So. You know, if you're collecting everything zombie, you're going to check this thing out. So, I mean, I think anytime there's anything new with something as like enduring as uh, uh, Jane Austen, that you know, kids just keep fucking getting born, so they have to discover it somehow. Yeah. Um, which I also wanted to ask you about the if you've been watching any of the Lizzie Bennet diaries on YouTube. No, but I I haven't, but I have saved them. They're in my queue. <laughs> so that was interesting. I don't even know about these. Oh yeah, this is huge. Like yeah, it's when I was really researching, big deal. Uh, it, it's basically a YouTube series where it's many many episodes, and it's very carefully telling the story of Pride and Prejudice. Where it's a a younger girl, Lizzie Bennet, who's doing uh, basically she's recording her diary to the computer and telling the story. And it, it, it's funny because it got the exact same reaction that you were describing. If it got to like episode. 58, and they were trying to present it, I just read this today, they were trying to present it more truthfully to the novel in terms of perspective, so they weren't showing the men as much. We were just hearing about it from the women's perspective, and the men were only showing up like when they would actually show up in person, so it was taking a while for some of the men to show up, and in the YouTube comments, there were things like, like ah, fuck me, where is Darcy? <laughs> just like... <laughs> Like, I will die unless you show me Darcy. Yeah. So, like, people are, like, they know it's coming and they're losing their shit. If you actually did a a movie or some sort of miniseries that went the pace that these women lived, it would be, like, a letter. Four months later. No letter. I mean, (laughs) there has to be a bit of a... Uh, you gotta, you gotta add some stuff in there. Possibly zombies, or yeah. So I can see, but I'm very curious about this because that I think that show has probably introduced a lot of young. It sounds really cool because it sounds like it's trying to be respectful uh, uh, to kind of the intent in the idea. But but yeah. how would this story, you know, unfold in modern context? So yeah, check it yeah. out, Sam. I have a, I, this is a really good question. I'll I'm not going well, to check it out. I'm, I'm sorry. I have too many things in my queue. Uh, to Did I really do air quotes when no, I said queue? No, you didn't. I'm I sorry. Think I might. What do you have in your queue, Sam? On YouTube, that's more important than Lizzie Bennett Diaries. A lot of it is stuff that I've done, so I'm a total um, narcissist. You haven't got around to watching yourself? No, there's just so much. You're like a fucking so lazy narcissist? <laughs> yeah, I'm a lazy narcissist. I'm going to get into myself when I have time. Yeah. I'll save it for tomorrow. I mean, I'm going to be brilliant the whole time. I'll just wait. No. I'm going to watch myself in a brilliant way. Cool. So, Sam, uh, there seems to be, over time, some controversy about whether or not Austin's novels should be appreciated from a populist perspective or an academic perspective. In which do you feel is correct? Can you just dumb it down a shade? Just... No, um... Should smart book-learning people like it, or just dumb folk? Okay, I'm going to set a little historical context. 
I'm not Craig Johnson, but I'm going to set a little... Get out. Uh, yeah. I'm going to set a little historical. Right. At that time, this is not very well known, but at that time, uh, <laughs> so, so fewer people were reading or knew how to read um, in... in was this Czechoslovakia? I don't remember. Anyway, it was like, I think it was Great Britain, but let's just table that for a second. There were so fewer, fewer like book learning people. Right. So this had this was kind of like a um, like a like a Charles Dickens thing where he, they just put it out and just said, you know, if you read it, cool. This is what J- Jane Austen. I wrote it, read a quote. She was like, if you read it, cool. If not, no bigs. And so that's. <laughs> And so I think it, it was trying to hit that Shakespearean thing of we're going to hit the people and the rafters and the, and the groundlings. So I think right. it's some, a mixture of the two. And that's the best fucking words answer. Now. I know. You're just saying I, I'm trying words. to come up with really big words like I friends, really love that you, you started a speech about from historical perspective and said that time without telling us what time you were talking about. I don't honestly know. Let's move to Craig. Oldie time. It was oldie time. Oldie right? times. All right. Craig, what do you think uh, about that? Uh, well, this is the thing I think I, I'm kind of wondering, like, what you guys feel about like all of the films and the um, the TV versions of Jane Austen, because I think a lot of them do her a disservice, because I think they rely too heavily on the kind of bodice ripping kind of you know Mr. Darcy puffy shirt kind of stuff, to and they miss uh, they miss her authorial voice coming in, so they miss all of the really sharp insightful comedy that's always happening there. You know, the the movies aren't as funny. You know, they, they start kind of like lapsing into sort of Bronte territory. Well, that's no fun for anybody, I don't think. <laughs> Damn, Bronte burn. <laughs> Take that. <laughs> oh. Yeah, definitely. Uh, well, Snap, I, yay verily. <laughs> that's a thing they said in Czechoslovakia back then. <laughs> At the time. For a historical perspective. Yeah. Stop bringing in smarter people, please. Stop bringing in smarter well, people. So I, 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 I like the, the, obviously, the 1995 television adaptation, and it actually spoiled me. I didn't expect to like it that much. Right afterwards, we tried to watch the 2005 Keira Knightley, and I, I actually I got mad and turned to my wife and said, he's not Mr. Darcy. <laughs> See, and there. I stopped watching it. And I do not stop watching films. I Such never finish power. watching it. Yeah. yeah, so do you like that one? Do you feel that in- interpretation is also... No, I didn't really care for it. That one, the, actually, the one that I really, really like is the uh, 1990s Emma with uh, Gwyneth Paltrow. Okay. I know, I know, because they kind of get the comedy right, because she is really kind of such a bitch in that, too, which um, Emma Woodhouse, the heroine, should be, too. And the, the acting is just, like, peerless in that, too. I mean, you have all kinds of people like Alan Cummings and Juliet Stevenson, and, you know, uh, Ewan McGregor is in it, too, Tony Collette. And, oh, and the best, uh, the best oh, thing... Oh, Tony Collette is so good in that. A tent, uh, she's great. Oh. Yeah, but the best thing, Sophie Thompson. Yes. Sophie Thompson as Miss Bates. The Box Hill scene. Oh my God! Break your heart. <laughs> it Amen, does Sam. Break right? Your heart. Oh, I thought Gwyneth Paltrow was really hot in that. If that helped. Yeah, <laughs> she was really hot. In and that. I thought, I thought the actor who played Obi Wan Kenobi did a fine job. Yeah, he was really good. <laughs> All right. And so, Shannon, what do you think about this whole issue? Because I was reading on Wikipedia that this started like as early as I, I want to think, like early uh, 20th century, that there was really debate where people were divided into different camps where academics had been kind of in charge of Jane. She got new printings, and she became very popular, and they got kind of like punk rock and hipster about it, and were like, no, she's academic. She's not for everyone. So, Oh, my what- gosh, I hate that. I mean, I hate that that conversation happened. I think 
Because I'm just remembering when I was in college, I took a, an honors class on marriage, which sounds strange, but we read all these different, you know, uh, and it doesn't matter. So we read Pride and Prejudice, which is, you know, a pretty incredible, right. um, you know, piece of literature. But the fact that it does move seamlessly from being this beautiful, funny, you know, very witty, you know, very searing, satirical thing, and then also really beautiful literature. I mean, the fact that, you know, we studied it in that class and broke it down as a novel of being so solid, I, I think that just makes her more awesome. <laughs> awesome. So fuck the book learning people with their highfalutin attitudes, right? All right, so Craig, I have another question for you. Yeah. Um, so I'd like to ask people about kind of their, how far they are willing to take their interest in topics. So I want to see how far your uh, Jane Austen obsession is. Uh-huh. Would you, if invited, take part in a Jane Austen LARP? And do you know what a LARP is? I do know what a LARP okay, is. Good. I have hosted LARP events, yeah. <laughs> Personally or at, at the James J. Hill House? At the James J. Hill House. So LARP, LARP groups have, uh, yeah, have okay. used the Hill By House. By applause, uh, does anyone not know what a LARP is? I don't know. Okay. Uh, that was great. I, I always have to ask things like that, so I get yeah. questioning applause. Like, mm-hmm. Live action uh, role playing. Indeed. No, you've got it. Keep going. That's really about all I know. <laughs> and the first time they came to the Hill House, I didn't know what they were, and I wasn't sure if they should be able to use this historic site you know, for their LARPing activities, whatever that was. And so then at the end of the evening, then they said, like, okay, well, we're going we're gonna to head off now. We're gonna, we're, and they were all gathered together to go to some other place. And I said, w- w- w-, and I thought, like, okay, now I figured out like where the secret place that the LARPers go to for their evil deeds. Or something <laughs> the like LARPers? That. And it's like, where are they going at 11.30 at night then? To, and they said, Perkins. <laughs> Excellent. So if Sorry. so, if there was so if, if uh, 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 Craig and and my wife work at the James J. Hill House, which is a in a historic house, a very large, beautiful mansion owned by James J. Hill, who is a railroad entrepreneur. Thank you. Uh, so it's perfect for vampire larping, right? Because it's mm-hmm. vampires. Yep. So if if someone wanted to host at the James J. Hill House a Jane Austen LARP, where you were all just like prim, proper people with sexual repression bubbling underneath, and you were just walking around sort of saying repressed things to one another. Is that something that you would want to do? It's not something that I would want to do, but I would sure rent the Hill House for someone who would do that. <laughs> okay, so if, if it was like there, we're going to LARP Pride and Prejudice, where we're going to act out parts of it to kind of make it a game, Mm-hmm. And somebody came to you and was like, Craig, you have to be Mr. Darcy. Could no. you? <laughs> okay. I would not do that. I don't like games. <laughs> <laughs> I maybe might do it if we were doing Emma, because I like that novel better. Okay. And if you got to play Emma? <laughs> no, I'd probably want to play Miss Bates, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so, bottom line, you would LARP Miss Bates. <laughs> I would. I would really LARP Miss Bates. <laughs> Tears running down my face. Uh, and everyone else's, too. Uh, oh, God. It's uh, the best thing that's ever happened to me. Okay. Uh, Shannon, th- uh, this is yeah. for you. Uh, so, so much of what I think what makes Jane Austen stuff funny is that she's pushing against the kind of etiquette rules that are very important at the time, but kind of ridiculous, and you know, a lot of the characters know that they're ridiculous, so they want to push against them. 
do you feel like there's anything in modern society where you would know like this is ridiculous but it's expected of me so I just kind of go with the flow <laughs> every time I'm in a coffee shop <laughs> you know I mean I think that I think there's a lot of that I mean anytime you attend a wedding or <laughs> family events or you know I mean there's certain I think in particular women like if, has anyone ever been to a baby shower Mm-hmm. You know, you just no. yeah, you just there like, was really? a loud boo from somebody. Well, I, you know, sometimes they can be fine, but then the next thing you know, you're you're digging around in a pillowcase with full of you know clothespins, and you're like, what's happening to me? <laughs> and every time someone says baby, they get a pin on you know. So and you want to mock it mercilessly, but you're like, oh, I love you and your baby, but this is bullshit. <laughs> <you know? laughs> Which is totally Jane Austen. Very Don't Jane you Austen. She, she would go there and she better. would be there and she would embrace she that would too. Embrace she would embrace it and like, then... This is fucking bullshit. This is <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Shannon, no one in the world says the word bullshit better than you do. So could you just, could you just say bullshit again? <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> I don't know why people like me. Yeah, because, because that's like a little Jane Austen story by itself, the way you say it. Because <laughs> Bull has this desire, but it's oh held gosh. back a little bit, and then bam, we pick through to the shit. It's just beautiful. Okay, so I have a, a, a question for that I'd like an answer from for everyone. Uh, uh, recently, there have been uh, two celebrity diving <laughs> reality shows. And this, of course, just makes me think of Mr. Darcy in the pond. <laughs> So, I know, I know it's not in the book. Thank you, nodding lady. I know, I know. I read about it. Um, but still, it's a part of Jane Austen lore now, and I think it is a well-done scene in that uh, I like seeing something from the male character. I love that the shot that he does just look sort of like frustrated and it is a male equivalent of what a lot of the female characters end up doing, of breaking out of the norms. And it just does look like he's just like, I have to do something. I'm going to go crazy. I'm going to swim. And like, that's as crazy as he can get at that moment, is swimming. And that's, it's awesome. Uh, so I, uh, going with the sort of diving wet puffy shirt motif, if there was like a Jane Austen reality show where she just pushed people <laughs> into a pond... Who do you think would be pushed? Sam, who would you want to see pushed by Jane Austen oh, into this a is, pond? This is so easy. This is like, this is the granny shot of all answers. Like, this is really simple. It would be Abe Vigoda. <laughs> because he's still alive. And Louis Anderson basically had a heart attack or a stroke or something during the diving competition right. of the diving show. And I think it, this could be Abe Vigoda's time. Like, he just needs to be put off this earth. Earth shuffled off. It's he's done, and we've we had a time where everybody oh Abe Vigoda how ironic no his time's done it's over it's done and I think Jane Austen would be like Abe Vigoda okay you would water murder Abe Vigoda yes got it I and would Craig uh, who would you have Jane Austen push into a pond every single one of the Brontes Damn, and Shannon? Well, I would, I would have, you kind of said it, but the Kardashians, but I think Jenny McCarthy. <laughs> I just like, I, I brought her name up out of the earth just to be angry about it. So we'll just put it back. We'll just put it back. But I think the Kardashian family should all be pushed in the pond. Yeah, one big push. I think Jane would have a good time with that. 
Can I change my answer? Sure. The Vagoda family. <laughs> I just want anybody related to Abe Vagoda, just get your ass in there. We went with a family motif. Nice. Nice. Lovely. Okay, so uh, I, want to, I want to kind of conclude the Jane Austen portion of the podcast uh, with a sort of release of tension, because that's often what the novels are about. Like, we, we build up all this tension. The naughty lady in the front row has built up all her tension. <laughs> we need to let go. Uh, so what I'd like to do is I'm going to set the timer on my smartphone for one minute, and I would like to go down the line and have you guys name as many character names from Jane Austen novels right. Right. as you can right. in one minute. And what I want you to do is just shout them out in a joy of release. Do we go in an order? Yeah, we'll start with Shannon. Okay. We'll go down the line. And just the important thing is to just keep going, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So I'm gonna go for a full minute. No, no you're I, you're gonna do one. Oh, Craig's gonna do one. Sam's gonna go easier. do one. Okay. Yeah. Because so I took have... some allergy medicine. <laughs> just wanted to make that clear. So okay, here we go. You mentioned that. All right. Are you guys ready to just shout them out? Yes. Just. Yes. All right. Here we go. Shannon, go. Lady Catherine de Bourgh. Craig. Elizabeth Bennet. Sam. Percy Twatbottom. <laughs> Shannon. Willoughby. Craig. Mr. Darcy. Sam. Oscar Goldman. Mr. Collins. Craig. Miss Bates. Sir Poof. Jane Bennett. Lady Susan. Jean Krupa. Colonel Wet Musket. (laughs) Craig. Elfrida. Sam. The Elf. Shannon. Mr. Robinson. Craig. Frederick. Sam. Gandalf. (laughs) Shannon. Charlotte Lucas. Craig. Uh, Mary Bennett. Sam. Norman Bates. <laughs> Shannon. Caroline Bingley. Craig. Um, Lydia. Sam. Jerry. <laughs> Shannon. Kitty. <laughs> Craig. Mr. Fitzwilliams. Sam. Stanley exit sign. That's I'm looking at an exit sign. Shannon. William Ferris. And that is it. Oh. oh. So I think you guys. Norman Bates? I wasn't even waiting for you anymore. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> Keep going. Boom, boom, boom. Craig, you, you said all real names, didn't you? I did. I, I said one fake one. Was Not that me? What Colonel was it? Wet Musket. <laughs> Wet Musket. Was that fake? <laughs> no, it was not real. Which book is Colonel Wet Musket in? <laughs> the one in my mind. He's in <laughs> Allergy, <laughs> Medicine, and Wine by Jane Austen? <laughs> no, that was from Pride and Plot of Pointlessness. Oh, <laughs> Which you were in. Oh, that, yes, Shannon. You played uh, Darius Bachelor. Co-wrote and directed a show about Jane Austen that I performed in. <laughs> I remember that now. <laughs> and it's a very good show. And you guys should all get a time machine and come to Minneapolis. <laughs> Two, three years ago. I can't remember. It was, it was really fun. It was great. Yeah. It was great. Um, okay, so is there anything else that you guys feel that you must share about Jane Austen? Sam, any last things that your wife wanted you to say on a podcast? You know, uh, I'll leave it with this. Um, <laughs> as a $6 million man, I think that Steve Austin, there were some differences between the novel and the TV show <laughs> that need to be pointed out before we continue. It was his left arm and not his right arm in the novel. Uh, thank you, Sam's wife. No. 
You're not actually done with the podcast, so uh, please. Sorry, I thought that's how it worked. Your final Jane Austen thoughts. Craig, do you have any final Jane Austen thoughts? Thank you, Sam. You've delighted us long enough. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was ticklish. Who's ticklish? That was perfect. Who's ticklish? Uh, He's like Mary. He slapped you down like a Bronte, Sam. (laughs) (laughs) Nope, I don't have anything more. <laughs> Shannon, do you have anything that the world must know about Jane Austen? The world must know about Jane Austen? <laughs> She's great? Oh, no. This is how this is going to end? No, no, no. Okay. This is just, I want to make sure that you guys have shared what you want to about well, Jane Austen. I have a question. Why to. should a guy read it? <laughs> I'm right oh my here. Gosh. <laughs> Craig, let's just, I'm asking Shannon a question. You said, it's asking me. Because he wasn't talking to you, Miss Bates. <laughs> <laughs> you had your chance. You could have said why a guy reads it. And you kind of did most of the time. He said a lot of really smart, intelligent things. But it things, was yeah. over my head. So I'm it's just something to talk about with your wife. <laughs> <laughs> That's bullshit. Excellent. So I think But you guys, don't you think like I'm sorry, I'm no. just gonna keep talking yeah, right do. now too. Because don't you think like Jane Austen's novels are really about obsession? So it's like a perfect topic for this uh, it for is this actually. show. It's very you know, they really are about mm-hmm. characters who are just like so absolutely focused on, well, what happened at that party and who said what to whom and how many ribbons did they have in their hair and how did they look when they said it and stuff oh like that God, too. Oh my God, when they you go know? out to buy ribbons. And that's where, yeah. Such a thing. And if it's, you know, muslin that comes from India oh. or England, you know, those are big deals in Jane Austen. Yeah, really but, but, and that's what's so funny about it too is just like watching these people, you know, and getting more and more wound up, you know. Well, about and there was so little, yeah, and so little to... to there was nothing else to focus on, and that's what I think is so fascinating. Because underneath it all, you had all of these great women who had yeah. yeah, exactly who had yeah. nothing else to do except focus on that stuff yeah. too. But I think it's really cool that that's true. But despite that, even though like modern people have all the distractions, it still speaks to them. So yeah, it's obvious oh. that even though they they were really really obsessive and had to wait four months for a letter, that there's still like some great deep emotional truth about what she was writing. Because of the emotionality that that lives right underneath all of that kind of social comedy. You know, like we're, uh, like I, I, we, we, I was talking about, um, you know, Miss Bates <laughs> in the Box Hill kind of moment or something like that. Or the um, the Mary Bennett, um, you have delighted us long oh, enough God. moment to, where it's just like, you know, where it's just like the painful sort of stupid kind of sister who's like playing the song and then starts another song and Elizabeth like gives her father the eye and says like, make her shut up and she says thank you Mary you've delighted us long enough <laughs> which is like super funny you know this is like the most polite way to say shut up you know yeah. uh, but the follow up you know is Jane is Elizabeth you know then there's a little sentence or two where Elizabeth says she was she could see that Mary was hurt by this and she was sorry for that she saw what her she heard what her father had said and she was sorry for that and she was sorry for herself that the part she had played in it so really what it comes down to is what price wit you know and what's the value of snark and <laughs> his voice cracking <laughs> <laughs> no, you know great. but i think that's that's where jane austen sits and i think in that tension of like should i speak or should i be really super polite and where does the emotional moment happen and where does our social self kind of live and where the comedy comes into play I, you just reminded me of this you know the moment in in the book when she's 
says, you know, Jane can go visit, you know, the Bingley family and we'll put her on the horse, right? You're just not, we're not going to put her in the carriage. We'll make her go on horseback. So then she'll have to stay there and then she'll get married and then my life will be complete. And then of course it <laughs> rains and she gets super sick. And back then, you get super sick. You're going to die. <laughs> and of course, Mrs. Bennett says, no one dies of a cold. Everyone dies of a cold. And what do the Bingley bitches do? They oh. just say, well, what about clothes? She must, yeah, have, she must clothes. have clothes. <laughs> like it's a seven-syllable word or something Oh, like I hate that. them so much. I hate But those why should things. a guy read it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Those are great, those are, those are great answers. Yeah, actually, those are great. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. So uh, I'd like to close out uh, the podcast with some final pompous questions for you guys. Are you all ready? Excellent. Sam, if you had to get a tattoo on your forehead, what would you get a tattoo of? This has to be about Jane Austen? No. I'm just asking you, as a human being, is a Steve Austin wife-loving human being? I, I think I would probably go the Ed uh, Koch route and just have in reverse, how am I doing? And then be able to look in a mirror and go, fucking A. That's what I <laughs> I have no idea. That's my, my That's a great answer. idea. Craig, mm-hmm. if you could go back in time and hug any dead playwright, who would you hug? Oscar Wilde. Yeah. Aww. And then you'd get arrested. <laughs> Not for... <laughs> for the audio audience, Shannon successfully milked the audience by I dancing. Did little, <laughs> I did a little dance about death. Great. It was a dance that said both death and hey-oh. hey <laughs> Like if Ed McMahon was the Grim Reaper. <laughs> Sorry, your time's up. hey Or a very strange Strindberg play. Yes. <laughs> the unhugged Strindberg. All right, uh, Shannon. Yeah. If someone developed a really great wine that you just loved and said, here, you can name it, what would you call the wine? <laughs> this is own oh, I would call it Shannon. Because <laughs> I'd be like, give me some of that Shannon. <laughs> that is great Shannon. I don't want any of this bullshit. I want some <laughs> Shannon. Yeah, I think I would. Oh, that's lovely. Okay. Well, I don't know if that's lovely, but that's I think what so. I'm naming. You know okay. what you want. <laughs> yourself. <laughs> you want to drink yourself. <laughs> oh, it's been recorded. It's <laughs> usually the way a podcast works. Sometimes. All right, uh, Sam, what is happiness? What is happiness? Um, you know, happiness is being able to do, uh, in all seriousness, being able to do what you want to do um, for the rest of your life and be, be happy in that happiness. Oh <laughs> what? Oh my God! I'm not talking about Jane Austen. I'm being serious here. Yeah. Um, no, I think it is like being able to do what you enjoy for for uh, eighty to ninety percent of your life. Awesome, uh, Craig. What is happiness? I think it's being in a rehearsal room and discovering the perfect moment that kind of unlocks the play that you had searched so long to find, and that you know, you just know it's going to kill. Awesome. Uh, Shannon, what is happiness? 
uh, when I get home and I know that I've done everything I can do that day, and then I just, I don't know, I just, I just watch The Closer, or, you know, like Sherlock, <laughs> and drink some Shannon. Ladies and gentlemen, that is our podcast. Thank you very much. To obsessed, Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest shared some stories with the rest. Rate five stars if you're impressed.